Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Pray. I want you to shut everything off in the world for just a few minutes while that we go together to the Word of God. Quite possibly, what we're doing now is the most important thing that you're going to be doing in all of your week. As we take the Bible together, not only as a believer, but as corporately as believers, taking the Word of God and drawing strength together from the Word of the Lord. I'm going to read the verse, and we're going to give an overview of what I see is going on in this 14-chapter book in the Old Testament, and then I'll try to preach from verse number 12. Now notice what God says. He says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Now I want to say something by definition of what fallow ground is as it helps develop the thoughts of what God is saying to us. Fallow ground by definition is ground that had been worked before. In other words, it had been plowed, but it had been but it set idle for a long period of time, making the ground even harder to work. So God says, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Verse 13, you have plowed wickedness and you have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. And I'm going to stop right there with these simple two verses out of the book of Hosea. I hope that you have uh, taken time somewhere in the past and read from the book of Hosea. Hosea is a very peculiar book to me. Reasons being because if you know the scripture, you'll know that God told Hosea to go get him a wife who had been in times past of the profession of prostitute. She was a prostitute. And God told Hosea, whose name, by the way, means salvation, uh, to go get this woman and there to start a family and have a family. If you remember this book, it teaches us that there were three children that came from Hosea and his wife of Gomer. Her name was Gomer. Bible says to us that there was, of the three children, one's name was Jezreel, whose name means whose name means to be scattered. The second one being Lo Rama, uh, and that word in translation means to be not no more or not anymore, my people. The other one Lo Ami, which means that there's no more mercy, no more mercy. And these three children were the children that were born from this, uh, this family or this union of Hosea and Gomer. And if you study the Bible, you'll know that Hosea and Gomer is a picture and a type of God and the nation of Israel. 
So there's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of, of implications we can make, all kinds of analogies that are given, all kinds of illustrations that are given to us as Bible believers today because we see how that God actually feels about his people. We see what God is frustrated about when he's dealing with them. We see God's hurt as the people of God actually hurt God in the actions that they make in the courses uh, down through time. And if you study the book of Hosea, you'll find in the first five, six chapters that this pattern is set in the mind of, of the people. They've made it up in their mind, just like Gomer did, that I'm going to go and do what I want to do. For after all, the Bible is true when it says, there is pleasure in sin, though it lasts for just a little while or a season. I want to preach this morning today on this uh, 12th verse, on sown in righteousness, but reaping in mercy. Sowing in righteousness, but reaping in mercy. I could just have easily preached this message with this thought bearing in mind on a grieving husband and a grievous wife. That'd been something to preach on, wouldn't it? A grieving husband and a grievous wife. But in fact, we're reading words in the Word of God that are played out every single day in the world in which you and I live in. I don't believe I've ever seen a time when there's an attack and an assault on the home and the family as what we're witnessing today. And I believe you'd agree with me this morning that if you study the Bible, you'll find that the institution, one of the three institutions that God established from the book of Genesis, and it's never going to go away and it's never going to end the establishment of a home of the husband and wife and their union together. But we see now in these chapters, if you'll study with me in chapter number 10, that the people have become backslidden against God. You know who the most miserable person in the community is today? The most miserable person in this church today is it's not a lost person. It's the church member, the one that is saved, that knows God as their personal Savior, but has made the choice to walk away from the promises of God. Perhaps many of you have been there. Some of you have walked down that road of, of, of grief, of you've stepped away from the presence of God in your life, and you know that it's better to be with God. You know that it's better to be in a position of, of being right with God, but somehow the devil has used temptation and lies to pull you away from where you ought to be with God. So I see in this verse today that these people were in a backslidden condition. And it, isn't it so easy for God's people to, to, to get in that pattern and that mind of saying, uh, I'm going to do this for a short term. I'm going to stay away from God for just a little while and enjoy this pleasure of sin. But oftentimes they never come back. And that's what happened to the nation of Israel and his people in the book of Hosea. It's very unusual to say the least, but the pattern is set whether it's in Hosea's time or whether it be today. Right now, the pattern has been set. Can I say, if you read the Bible in Proverbs 23, the Bible says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
Do you know the thoughts that you have even right now uh, towards God uh, can either be beneficial or you may say, God, I don't have time for this today and thereby that you don't have the benefits of the blessings of God in your life. And I'm so amazed at how people come up with, with thoughts in their mind that I'm going to do this and whatever happens is going to happen. That's just not a safe way to think. Then Israel had done this, God's people. The pattern was set, and as a man thinketh, so is he. And when the pattern is set, there's promises that are broken. Hosea says repetitively, as he calls out one of the tribes, <coughs> excuse me, of the nation of Israel, and we see the name Ephraim said multitudes of times in these 14 chapters. Ephraim was a tribe of the northern kingdom. And by this time in Israel's history, they were now divided into two different groups. As the tribe of Judah being the northern kingdom and the other six tribes being the southern kingdom. Let me say this about Ephraim. Ephraim was the tribe of the nation of Israel that was the most sinful. They were the most prideful. And they were the tribe that dealt with sexual sins of fornication and adultery. And it was through this one tribe that all the northern kingdom set the pattern for the way of thought of all of God's people. And thereby the whole nation of Israel would walk away from the presence and the peace of God by one, by one group in that whole kingdom. I like to say to every father sitting here this morning. The decisions that you make as a father, it may, may either make or break your family in the days to come. The decisions that a mother makes may set a pattern for her children uh, based on the way, that she, uh, the way that she thinks about God in the home. And so the promises were broken through one tribe of the twelve that caused the whole nation of God to walk away from God in their life. Now it, that, that should stop you in your tracks. You're a grandparent. You've got choices to make that's going to help your grandchildren. If you're a parent here this morning, you've got choices that you can make in front of your kids lest promises be broken before God. And I want to call to your attention what the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy. You remember that all of God's people gathered at the feet of Moses and says all that you say and all that God says, that's what we're going to do. I'd like to say this morning, you're not going to see it in the political landscape of our day, nor are you going to see it in the courts of our day, but God has always been a God that keeps His word. And if God is going to keep His word, why shouldn't we keep our word? Uh, why can't we keep our word and what we say, lest promises are broken? And I love what Jesus said in the New Testament when He preached this to a congregation of people. He said, it's better to not make a vow than to make one and break it. And that is where we're at today. People say things without even thinking about what they have said. And all the while, God is listening. Have you broken some promises to God in your life? 
Maybe a vow that you have said. And by the way, let me say this and preach it as straight as I can this morning. I want you to listen to me. If you've made a vow and you have a debt to pay, in other words, you may have taken a loan out sometime and you haven't paid that debt, you have broken your word. And you say, well, I, and I know all kinds of scenarios come up, but listen to me. God cannot honor someone who cannot honor what they say and write down on a piece of paper. Uh, and listen, and that's where we're at in America right now. Keep your vows. When you say something, you follow up with it. If you're, a, if you're a employee and you work for somebody and they say that you need to be at work at 8 o'clock, don't show up at 8.15. Be there 15 minutes early at 7.45 ready to work, eager to go. Uh, and I know some of you can't get out of bed past uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but if you can try just a little bit to keep your word and come and follow through, listen, friend, your examples matter in this world. It's better to not make a vow than to make one and break it. Now listen to me. I never have been able to figure out on daylight saving time how that you tell the poor farmer and the animals that he's taking care of that, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not going to be here tomorrow morning until an hour later or an hour early. Explain that to livestock. I mean, that's another message for another day. What I'm saying is we can break our promises. If we're going to sow to ourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy, we've also got to understand that we're living in a time just like this group of people in Hosea's ministry was when it was perilous. How many of you remember Paul's words in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 1 when he starts off that amazing chapter when he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times would come. And aren't we right in the middle of that? Perilous times. One of the things that I see through the book of Hosea that is startling to me is from about chapter number 6. God is speaking, and it's not just the prophet, and this is so unique about the book of Hosea. God is speaking through Hosea, but God takes over the pen or the penmanship of Hosea, and now God is speaking instead of Hosea. And he's coming up with all of these reasons of why the people of God are wrong. And I thought as I read this chapter, and these chapters, I wonder if God was to take a pen or a penman and write about me what he would say about me in my life and in your life. Things that we say that we are, but we're not actually following through with. For example, in Hosea's ministry and throughout his prophecy, they were still meeting and congregating around a holy site or a temple or a house of worship, and there they were uh, killing the oxen, the animals for sacrifice. But God said in this book, he says, you're doing all these things, but your heart is not near me. In other words, they were having church, but God was not there. In other words, they were singing in their choir, but God was not amongst them while that they sang. In other words, they were getting up in the morning on Sunday morning and taking their family to church, but they not consulted God before church to meet with them. You see, God sees more of, you know, we look on the outward, but God sees more of what's on the inside, does he not? And if God were to write to you a letter, 
this morning to Matt Gilead, what would he say about you in your life in these perilous times? Have we consulted God? Have we thought about God enough that we have got it on bended knee before we came to church and said, God, my family needs you lest there be promises broken. I'm preaching on sowing in righteousness and reaping in mercy. You remember one of the three children, Lo Abbey, whose name was uh, whose name was that the presence of God, uh, in short, had, had departed. He said, you're not my people. You're not my people. I read words in this chapter that sometimes I wonder if they're even appropriate to be said in, uh, in the church when God told it, told Jezreel, he said, I want you to go. Jezreel was the oldest son of this union. He said, I want you to go get your mother who has left me. I want you to go down to the marketplace where she's at, and I want you to get, get your mother, my wife, and bring her back home if you can. And because this could not be accomplished, Jezreel was going to have a slaughter, a time of death in the home between Gomer and Hosea. I want you to think about that. When God thought it was better for the children to die, listen to me. This is the Bible. When God thought it was better for the children to die than it was for them to live anymore. And right now we're witnessing in our country, in our where you and I live, that mamas and daddies who care nothing about their children, who don't care about their souls, who don't care about anything but, but me and what they want. And listen, the children are absolutely dying every single day. I had a pastor call me twice this week who's wanting to have a, uh, a conference in his church about working with the youth, a drug addiction. we got somebody with us now. We'll let him tell you about his ministry here in just a little, little bit. But listen to me. There's one to get the church together and try to help them and warn them about drugs, alcohol, uh, all these things that are stealing our children from us. And I said, if, Pastor, if you can get people to come to that conference, that is where the battles are lost and won in our churches. You can win our children before they get caught in the snares of the devil. I'm not going to get done with today's message. I can already tell. But now listen to me. Perilous times. And I like to notice something else that I see in the book of Hosea. They are, uh, if God's promises were broken, and I've already made an allusion to this in the message, but His Word matters. When, when He says something in His Word, and that's why I want our children to get an open Bible and sit down and read. A lot of you, I know, have computers, and you sit down and read from your computer. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but listen, there's nothing to me that takes the place of having a having a leather-backed Bible and the feel of words uh, on a piece of paper, and you're reading that and you're understanding what, there's nothing like it. God's Word matters, church. There is no substitute in this church or any church for the Word of God. I love the Word now more than ever. I love to sit by it and read by it. I love this time of year. Most of my reading and studying is done this time of the year when the days are short and the nights are long and we sit down uh, in the quiet moments of our life and we read from God's Word. I listen to me. You're never going to gain ground spiritually with God if you don't stay in His Word. His Word matters. God's going to back up what He says in His Word. He's going to back it up. And, and as I said a while ago, our word matters. When I say something, I want to be able to back up what I say. And if I break a promise, I want to be mad enough to go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, 
Well, sometimes things may come our way that we cannot help but to say that I'm sorry. God's promises were broken because these priests in the book of Hosea or the preachers were preachers that had no power. Like I said a while ago, they were coming to church. They were meeting together and they were sacrificing and doing all these things out in the open, but God was nowhere to be found. Isn't it funny today how that there's been a generation that's been raised up that's figured out how to have church without God? <laughs> I mean, they can sing Amazing Grace with the best of them, but where's God? I'm not saying that that's happening here, but the potential could be there. We could figure out ways to have church without God. What I'm saying is this morning that if we're going to sow in righteousness and reap in mercy, it's got to be true in our hearts. We've got to stay with the truth of God's word. And I'd like to end today with the third thing that I see in this, this wonderful chapter, and really this whole book is the prophet's call or a preacher's call to all of God's people. And I'm trusting that you're going to go home and read these 14 short chapters. Very seldom do you hear messages preached out of the book of Hosea because it's such a complex book of emotions in the minds of the people. And I want to show you something today that God is doing in these 14 chapters. He spends the majority of this book like a lawyer and the person is sitting on trial and he's showing them line upon line, precept upon precept of where they are wrong. And God is speaking through Hosea and he's saying, this is what you've done and this is what you've said and I've got fault against you in it. He said, you, you, you've done everything wrong under the sun and you still can't see where that you're wrong. And now the prophet, the prophet is able to write very briefly about another day. And by the way, I believe this verse that I've read to you this morning, these two verses, will be actually lived out in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of Israel's sin, they were gone into captivity now, broken and divided, dispersed, had been that way even till today. And God had provided a king for them, even in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what were their words to that king? Away with you. I'm going to tell you something. God's a God of grace and God's mercy. Nobody in any generation of time, from the very beginning up until the end, that's ever going to point their finger at God and say, God, uh, God, you are not gracious and merciful unto us. You can't say that this morning. Nobody. He's a God of grace and mercy, but God can be, uh, can be pushed to the point where that he says, I'm through. I'm tired. You've done everything against me. I can't, I can't keep coming on and on again. You've made your choice and you've made your decision. And I wonder how many people would be sitting in this church today that just like these people in the Bible, Murdered, stolen, 
cheated, adult, been an adulterer, and all kinds of things. And God looks at him and says, my son, you're such a creep. I get weary with people. I think, why? What's the use? They're not listening. They don't see. They don't understand. God, somehow in his mercy and his grace, and some of you have stood in those positions, and had it not been for the power of God's word and the spirit of God calling you back and bringing you back to spiritual uh, understanding, changing you physically, uh, listen, there is no telling where you'd be at today. Souls in righteousness. God says, God says, don't oh, say but look, if you'll just sow, just, just try one time, if you'll sow one time in this fallow ground, if you'll work it just one more time, You'll come back to this ground that hadn't been worked in a long time. And you'll put a plow down in that ground one more time. Just try me and see if you sow in righteousness uh, or, uh, and see if you don't reap in mercy with me. God's a God of his word and a God of truth. You know the very first message I ever preached was on this verse right here. I'll never forget that morning they, those old preachers got me up. I opened my Bible and I began to pray and ask God for a message. And this is exactly where he led me. Ground that needs to be worked again. There could be somebody here this morning that found it hard to get up and come to church. Guess what? When's the last time you were excited about coming to church? Man, it's been a pretty preachy day you wear now. Thank God this is the fourth Sunday. It's almost over.
know about you, but that encourages me. That encourages me. We got people that don't come to church on the winter months because they're afraid of being sick. You're going to die anyway. You just well get ready. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.